forward to have you join us at 3D Heels 2020. So today is uh, you know, a good opportunity for us to kind of chat, get to know a little bit about you. Could you maybe start by telling us your journey, how you started uh, Xilinx? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, thanks for uh, giving us the chance to, to talk with you, Maya. We're looking forward to the 3D Heels uh, 2020 conference. Um, a bit about myself, um, I'm a, a co-founder and uh, the chief scientific officer uh, at Xilinx Bio. Um, Xilinx Bio is a, um, a company focused uh, on, a, on a platform technology around the use and the benefits of extracellular matrix. Uh, the idea that um, it's not the extracellular matrix, like one thing, but that in fact there are many different extracellular matrices. Silex Bio is the cell environment company. We're very conscious of the fact that um, cells in different parts of the human body live in radically different environments, um, and just like different humans around the world. Um, and the way that they, you know, function and behave um, is totally, you know, reflected by and influenced by those environments. Mm. So whether the goal is, you know, drug development, basic disease biology, regenerative medicine, tissue engineering, bioprinting, you know, functional structures, whatever it is related to biology, you know, the environment and the material um, uh, is very important. And the approach that Xilinx has is one of um, sort of biomimetics. We aim to sort of take, you know, what's, what's natural, study, study how nature has done it. Mm -hmm. uh, we like to say that our, uh, our developmental pipeline is, you know, hundreds of millions of years. Um, uh, because we're working with uh, the molecules and the environmental components that uh, that have evolved. Mm. Um, so, um, yeah, a bit about myself. Um, I guess everybody likes a story. You know, I was a struggling, depressed graduate student uh, once upon a time uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a tissue engineering, stem cell and tissue engineering laboratory um, at Columbia University. Um, this is the laboratory for stem cells and tissue engineering. Um, directed by um, uh, by Dr. Gordana Vunyak Novakovic. She's um, uh, in some areas of bioengineering. She's a you know she's a, a well-established and known yep. uh, entity. Um, <clears throat> we were uh, uh, we were in a meeting, and uh, I was focused on on uh, work related to uh, cardiovascular and and, and lung. Mm -hmm. uh, stuff and we had a we had a nephrologist just walk into the meeting you know mm -hmm. he walked over from the hospital because our lab is located at a medical center and he said you know um, this is the the bioengineering laboratory right and, and you have the bioengineers here uh, I, I have a problem you know I, I have these I have these kidney stem cells and, and I, I need to study them and, and I need to see how they're responding in these different environments and um, you know, and I just, I can't, I can't grow them in vitro, help. And uh, I think he sort of thought he'd walk in and, and chat with us for five or 10 minutes on demand and then walk out with the answer. And um, it didn't exactly go like that. I mean, we chatted with him and, you know, this was, you know, more than 10 years ago. It was this sort of embryonic um, idea mm -hmm. that uh, creating the right kinds of environments for uh, for cells is a is is is, is an important approach, right. you know, for for any kind of application where there are you know cells living units outside the body. Yeah. Um, 
And so this is where the journey really started. It started from a, from a problem. It started from a need. Mm. Uh, and so from there, I mean, there's, of course, all of the, uh, you know, laboratory uh, 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 legwork, all the sweat that goes into, you know, figuring out, okay, what's our approach going to be? How are we going to solve this problem? Mm. Um, how do we establish a fundamental technology? And then uh, from there, understanding and appreciating, a, 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 I think, a hard lesson that, especially in translational worlds like bioengineering and, and 3D printing, um, we don't learn this in school, that technology is very different than products, right? Yep. And in some cases, there can be an enormous gap here. Like, we develop technologies in academic institutions. Of course, companies also develop technologies. But technology is like step one and it can be an enormous step but then there's a whole 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 process of productization right. to develop technology into essentially like monkey proof usable products and um, right. applications in 3d bioprinting are a great example of that because this is really complicated stuff yes uh but to make usable products i mean to make products usable um you know you um you have to have something that like all the other, uh, you know, like uh, human primates around the world can like, it's tools, right? It's just tool use. So it has to be, you know, clear enough, well-established enough, reliable enough uh, to be used. And mm -hmm. uh, that, that part is really tough. So actually a large part of the journey related to Xilix has been exactly that. Mm -hmm. Xilix started with a technology that came out of the university Right. It was driven by needs in, 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 in the field and in the marketplace. And we have been on what continues to be a, actually at times, extremely challenging journey to find out exactly what kind of products to develop and where we can bring them. Right. Um, with a platform technology like Xilix, it's, it's a blessing and a curse because um, extracellular matrix, as we say, is sort of, quite literally the glue that holds together multicellular life. I mean, it's relevant everywhere you have multiple cells clumping together and doing something coordinated, right? So that, of course, includes pretty much everything that happens in the human body. Yeah. Um, so it's like relevant almost everywhere, right? Um, so that's cool. I mean, there's something very compelling about that. But the, the, the flip side of that coin is where do you even start, you know? Right what's your strategic approach to, to get products that, you know, people perceive as valuable and that they will pay for. Right. Um, so that's another big part of the journey. And um, it, it, you know, plugging those kinds of novel materials into novel, other novel tools and applications, um, you know, 3d printing is uh, not such an old field, but better established than the bioprinting field. Mm -hmm. Right. For sure. So, yeah, there's added, um, there's sort of added challenges when you have new materials coming together with new technologies. You know, Xilix has, um, you know, partnered with the growing number of groups who are looking to do this or that type of thing with bioprinting. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and we, I mean, we always start from the beginning, like, uh, what's the goal? Who are we trying to get make this for? Right. Um, and then, again, it's kind of back to the the, the the lab i mean we have to figure out how we're going to do that so that's been a large part of the journey mm. uh, but it's very exciting yeah no for sure i think you know i think one of the biggest challenges with 
starting a new company is finding that product market fit, right? Uh, finding the right customers and hearing and listening to their voices and making sure that you have a product that they can use and also affordable, right? So it's all about needs, costs and whatnot. Um, so I can imagine that it's been a really interesting journey for you. Um, so yeah, we'd definitely love to hear more uh, about this at 3D Heels 2020. So I know you mentioned you started kind of your PhD and postdoc under Gordana. Um, what were some of the success or failures that you faced during uh, that time that maybe sort of change your perspective of research or how you do product development? Would you be able to share, you know, some of that experience with us today? Um, sure. So um, this is related more to the academic, uh, I mean, sort of my academic track. You're talking about sort of from academia into into the into the industry space yep mm -hmm. yeah so um i never meant to do any of this um i mean my um my professional trajectory is actually still um uh intending to be geared towards uh towards medicine and medical mm -hmm. practice right uh, i mean there's a hand-in-hand -hand fit here because as a as a bioengineer by background i mean i was suckered into this PhD through um, uh, actually the, the, the sort of single uh, game-changing success we had. We had cobbled together a, a holy grail uh, R01 application, which is this sort of, you know, you take a crazy idea, you know, blow it out as far as you can and then submit it. Funding rate is, I don't know, like a you know, single digit percent every year. And uh, I mean, against all odds, I was actually headed to medical school at that time. Mm. Um, and against all odds, I mean, this project, uh, you know, that, uh, I had helped to, to seed with Cordana was selected for funding, oh. um, and, uh, completely, uh, yeah, derailed my plans. I ended up not leaving the lab and sticking around to, uh, pass the masters to, to do the PhD. Um, and one of the outputs of that was, uh, you know, this, uh, this ECM, what right. we call tissue spec technology, the idea that different tissues have radically different uh, uh, extracellular matrix structures and compositions which relate to tissue function. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, our whole goal, I mean, in, in thinking along those lines is to line up with the sort of, you know, where the medical world is, mm -hmm. um, focusing on themes related to you know, specificity, precision, and personalization. Mm -hmm. um, so we take the same kind of approach with uh, with the ECM. Okay, mm -hmm. so you're working with cardiomyocytes, you're working to engineer, you know, functional myocardium. Well, okay, the specific environment you would need would be, you know, heart matrix, uh, right. for example. Oh, you're looking to print uh, uh, aligned structures with uh, cells and, and, uh, and the material. Um, We've seen in, in sort of the static, you know, manual pipetting studies that um, the presence of heart matrix can help with maturity and, and uh, mm -hmm. uh, improved function um, of these kinds of cells. Um, yeah, so regarding failures, I mean, <laughs> the path is littered with failures. I mean, it reminds me of these pictures you see of like the hikers on Mount Everest. I mean, there's like an oxygen bottle for every failure on this kind of path, right? I mean, they're everywhere. Um, the greatest, most successful scientists in the world have a fail rate of, you know, 
like only 90% or 95%, right? The rest of us are failing more than that, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, um, I guess maybe in thinking about uh, past, you know, grad school, uh, after we, you know, spun the company out, um, I would say there were even greater number of failures and learning curves and, uh, you know, tuition paid, um, navigating this, I think of this as like a hairball. I mean, you have this squiggly line yeah. and this is where you are and you eventually kind of get out of it and it, you know, right. it's still rough, but you start moving forward. Right. So, I mean, there's, there's like an explosion of confusions and failures and, you know, high points and low points in mm. that process. I think yeah. anybody who's been through the technology transfer process and the early stage, especially with a platform technology where it isn't like, you know, a, a molecule or like a, a really straightforward device like sure. a cannula or you know i mean then it's yeah you deal with this headache uh you deal with this you know gordian knot that you have to you have to you know navigate and, and detangle um and that involves having the flexibility and the the, the willingness to um to, to admit when you're not on a path to success mm -hmm. i mean to take a step back i mean to be honest with yourself and your teammates uh -huh. um, we have generally taken a philosophy which is to you know to have a very sort of darwinian approach to our ideas meaning as soon as you you know as soon as you conceive the idea i mean subject it to the most rigorous and critical i mean if you can throw an idea up in the air and everybody in the room can take turns shooting at it and nobody can shoot it down then that's a fitting idea, right? That's a fit idea and it can move to the next stage. Right. Your whole goal is to fail as quickly as you can, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. That way you're not spending time, you know, getting further down the road for something that ultimately is not destined to be successful. Right. Um, in a bigger picture, I mean, the bioprinting world has lots of application areas, regenerative medicine and whole functional tissue or organ engineering is one sort of, you know, holy grail area. I have been increasingly thinking about other areas of technology development and, um, you know, gaining inspiration and perspective from that. I think that, you know, for example, the field of aviation is a good example of this, you know, a hundred or so years ago. I mean, or maybe it's a bit more than that now, a little more than a hundred years ago, you know, you had, uh, a couple of brothers, uh, you know, uh, 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 somewhere in, I want to say it was North Carolina, you know, mm -hmm. who were standing in the in the field and looking up at the birds and wondering, you know, how can we, you know, get up into the air? How can we fly? Um, and this was a this was a radical idea, right? They, um, you know, these Wright brothers worked together and you know, remarkably, you know, got a, uh, I mean, logged the first flight, right? right. Um, only 60 years later, I mean, at the time, the Wright brothers would have flown over the cornfield or whatever they flew over and, and you know, sort of looked down and gone, wow, and like looked up at the, at the moon and said, well, you know, the view's nice from up here, but the moon is not even conceivable, right? And only 60 years later, I mean, you know, humans were, you know, in, in, uh, in orbit and landing on the moon. Um, I, I think this whole bioprinting world is sort of at this, you know, Wright Brothers Kitty Hawk phase, you know, mm. where we're trying to get above the cornfield. Mm -hmm. uh, engineering the whole organ is is landing on the moon, 
right? Um, or at least, you know, complex functional tissues. It's, it's very different to engineer, you know, a bit of bone, which is already phenomenally difficult. Sure. Um, but, but, you know, this is very different than engineering like a functional bit of liver, right? Sure. Which has yeah. all the additional, you know, metabolic requirements. Um, so, um, you know, to that end, I mean, you can be, you know, working on this very, very long, uh, ambitious timeline. I mean, there's a million ways to go and only a limited number of routes to, to really move things forward. Right. Um, so you want to fail as soon as possible. The other area where, you know, bioprinting can be very helpful, of course, is to accelerate drug development. It's a sort of right. parallel path, right? Absolutely. And again, I mean, yeah, the big picture there, again, is pharma companies spend, you know, years and like, I think on average now, two and a half billion dollars right. to get a drug approved. Yep. I mean, that's another path that's littered with failures. So the sooner that you can identify fails and pull them out, um, you know, you save time and money, move, things move forward more quickly. So this is a sort of, I don't know, insights I've learned through my own journey. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I always find it helpful, inspiring, and a little reassuring that um, <laughs> other people have struggled just as much or more. I mean, we're not alone in this, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I think that's, you know, I think part of building community around this is also sharing our failures and successes together, right? And, uh, you know, with every failure, there is always an opportunity ahead, um, something that you learn um, to move the field forward. So I think that's really one of the, you know, great things about being able to share all this knowledge um, together and move the industry forward. Um, so yeah, for sure. Yeah, Maya, I would actually echo that loudly. To, and actually, this is a sort of, not complaint, but just like observation I've had. You know, in, in the scientific literature, at least in the sort of the biomedical literature, I mean, we tend to only focus on, um, on things that worked, right? Mm -hmm. And you only report the good results and you pick the best representative mm -hmm. photo and, and whatever it may be, results, right? Yeah. And so we have this curated uh, 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 set of information massive set of information in the literature but it is actually i would consider it probably like it's the one pizza slice out of the entire pie of results and um you know i, I always wonder like how much how many failed things have been done many times over by many different people i mean if there were like a journal of failed experiments where people could just say, well, now I know this doesn't work, right? Yeah. I think what you're saying about sharing and reporting um, failures, especially at the early stage for fields mm -hmm. like, you know, bioprinting, I, I think this is actually really important and not something people are inclined to do. There's right. no shame in failing. Everyone fails. Absolutely. Right? Mm -hmm. the, 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 the more you build up, like, um, I don't know. I mean, the more you build up, I mean, without taking like, I mean, de-risking every single step. I mean, sure. you can, you can be working towards a, a really, you know, um, you know, spectacular failure, right. Which, yeah. which you want to avoid, right. You want to have unremarkable, you know, quick, small, fast failures. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. That's great. Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that we can all learn from each other. So, you know, that's definitely something that, I think will be good for for us as a community to continue sharing. Um, I guess you know, knowing what you know now, would you do things differently if you were to go uh, back five years ago? <laughs> uh, of course. I mean, my 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 personal kind of philosophy is, 
I mean, if you're not looking back at your papers and your studies and your results and your outputs, performance, I mean, if you're not looking back at that and I mean, I look back at a lot of stuff and just cringe and go, oh God. I mean, if you're not looking back and thinking, man, I could have done that better. Right. Then you're not, you're not growing. Right. I mean, the day that you look back and go, man, there's, there's no way to, I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no way to do it better than that. Uh, I mean, that's, uh, that's, that would be a worrying day for, for me. Uh, I mean, there's, there's, uh, especially, you know, with these embryonic, uh, type technologies, um, I mean, we haven't worked out all the bugs. We probably won't for a long time. Mm. Maybe we never, it's, it's these ongoing optimizations, right? Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I'm always looking back and, and thinking, you know, how could we have done that better? You know, mm. make notes, it informs the next time, right? That's actually why the failures are so informative, right? Yeah. You, can, yeah. you can learn a lot from, uh, from, a, from, a, from a fail. Yeah, no, that's a very good attitude. And I think definitely, you know, everybody can learn a little bit from um, the, the missteps, right, um, that they have and take it to improve themselves or improve the group um, into a, a better place moving forward. So that's great. Awesome. Well, there um, was a, Maya, one last thing to share. There was, yeah. a, I just share this because this story struck me. I mean, it came from someone like uh, one of our advisors. I mean, this was like not a recent story. And it, I mean, it may be folklore. I don't know, although I'm sure something like this has happened. Yeah. Um, he said, you know, oh, I had an old, you know, old, uh, old buddy of mine I used to work with. And, um, you know, he was in charge of some, I don't know, investment fund or I, he had some multi-billion dollar thing. And, and uh, you know, it, 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 was, it was, it failed spectacularly. I mean, <laughs> he, he lost like a billion dollars or something, right. not of his right. own money, but of the firm's right. capital, right? And then, of course, because the the whole, I mean, because the money went away, the group went away, his job went away, right? I mean, he wasn't fired. It just, he, he no longer had a position, right? People were standing in line to hire this guy, you know, in the next round because mm. he, I mean, there, there, there was this perceived value that because he had been through this epic failure, mm -hmm. he would know exactly how to avoid it next time, right? right? Sure. So, yeah, weirdly, this turned into a, uh, I mean, one theme that emerged here was, um, um, I don't know, all about fails, but uh, I mean, the, the point is that there's enormous value in that. And, um, you know, I think this is a, this has been a helpful attitude for me, at least on my journey. Mm. Um, yeah, not something to be covered up, something to be shared, discussed, analyzed, and Absolutely. used as fuel for, for the future. Yep. Yep. No, definitely. That's the right attitude to have for sure. That's awesome. Great. Well, thank you so much, John, for your time today. Um, you know, we're definitely looking forward to continuing this discussion at 3D Heal 2020. Um, so I'll see you then, right? Sure. Thanks, Maya. All right. Thanks. Bye.